Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. This is the number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs. And it's brought to you by the American Institute of Sales, Marketing, and Management. Great organization. So if you're listening for the first time, this is the radio program where we tell it exactly the way it is. No bullshit on this program. And we do everything we can to assist entrepreneurs by bringing the latest information every week on what is happening in the business throughout the world. We answer emails. We have great guests. All in all, we try to keep it a pretty rounded show. Now, before I get on to what's made news this week, I want to say a big hello to the Millionaires Club. That's what I call them anyway. Uh, that meets at Matthews Peacock Garden every Friday for lunch in Sydney, Australia. So everybody who's listening in Sydney, we really appreciate it. I had the um, pleasure of being with the guys last Friday and had a great lunch. So um, Bob, Peter... Tony, Mark, um, Phil, there's a whole bunch of them, and uh, I can't remember all the names just while I'm sitting here. So, um, guys, have a big glass of red for me this Friday. I'll be thinking of you, and thanks for a great lunch last Friday. I guarantee you that next time I'm back in the country, I'll absolutely, unequivocally, definitely be there. It's a really, really great time. Okay. So let's look at the news. According to a source, Google has some biomedical superstars working in its X lab on some really cutting-edge microbots that can detect things such as cancer. These bots are small enough. They're roughly the size of blood cells. When you think about little robots with a cell inside that are the size of blood cells that they can inject into your body that can move through human capillaries, it's pretty bloody mind-blowing, isn't it? And um, so they fit in the, into the capillaries. They go through your bloodstream and they detect diseases in the blood which triggers an RFID reader which talks to your watch. Now, so as the blood goes through your wrist, it sends RFID signals to your watch, which then can send them on to your um, computer or phone and tell doctors whether or not you might have cancer or a whole bunch of other diseases. Now, this technology is a couple of years away from being a real product out there, but um, I think that's pretty amazing. So within a reasonable amount of time, we're going to have nanobots in our bloodstream that keep us healthy at the cellular and molecular level. Wow. <laughs> there are already dozens of successful experiments with first generation of these devices in animals, and uh, one scientist cured type 1 diabetes in rats with a blood cell-sized device. And scientists at MIT have microscopic devices that can scout out cancer cells in the bloodstream and then go and destroy them. 
they reckon that in 25 years, these devices are going to be a billion times more powerful than they are now. A billion times. Jesus. And will continue the accelerating path towards radical life extension. We're all going to live a lot longer. A new research this week reveals that contrary to public belief, consumer purchasing benefits don't need to be short in order for them to be successful or for people to like them. I remember um, when um, Federal Express came out with when it absolutely positively has to be there tomorrow, call Federal Express, and I thought, Jesus, I don't know how many words that is. I haven't counted them. But it's got to be nine or ten, and I thought, that's never going to work. And it turned around a bankrupt company and made them a billion-dollar company in just five years. So what do I know? So according to a newly released study, there are three primary factors that determine whether people like a given CPB and these same factors affect whether or not they're successful. And just because somebody likes them doesn't necessarily mean that they're successful, and we'll go into that in a sec. But the, the three um, primary factors are clarity of message, creativity, and its connection with the brand. Now, some people come up with CPBs, slogans, if you like, that are not connected with the brand and therefore while they might be cute, they don't work. So what's interesting is that um, people found that while repeated exposure can help people remember a CPB, they don't necessarily have a more positive reaction to it simply because they've heard or seen it over and over again. So creating a jingle around a slogan like McDonald's, I'm loving it, does not have an effect on whether people like it. So jingles don't help. So stating a product benefit and making sure the tagline is appropriate for the advertised products make a CPB more likable, while a jingle and the length of the CPB make absolutely no difference. And a CPB tends to be far more effective with younger audiences than it does with older audiences. So in order to get this data, the researchers surveyed 595 people and used 150 well-known CPBs and got them to rate them on like, clarity, simplicity, effectiveness. Now, the 10 most liked slogans and the 10 most remembered are, and this is a ripper, number one, melts in your mouth, not in your hand, M&Ms. That really turned them around. They... Um, they did gangbusters with gangbusters, gangbusters with that. Um, the few, the proud, the Marines, put on by the U.S. Marine Corps. It's um, it's very likable. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's by the um, Las Vegas Visitors Bureau. Number four, the happiest place on earth, which is a fantastic, fantastic, and they've used it without change for sixty-two years or something. Um, easy breezy beautiful cover girl in five eat fresh six red bull gives you wings seven think outside the bun taco bell they were cute got milk the california milk processor board and auto zones get in the zone now they're the most liked ones um and the people that remembered them best but the most recalled are, number one, just do it, Nike. 
I'm loving it, McDonald's. Have it your way, Burger King. Melts in your mouth, not in your hand, M&M's. Got milk. Eat fresh. Mmm. Good. Campbell Soup Company. You're in good hands with Allstate. Which is Allstate. Think outside the bun. Taco Bell and the ultimate driving machine, BMW. Now, all of these, of course, have got massive promotion, big advertising spends. But the most effective, melts in your mouth, not in your hands, which was got pretty good exposure, but it, it's just beautiful. And the, f- the four that appeared on both lists, most effective, most likable, and most remembered, <clears throat> uh, melts in your mouth, not in your hands, eat fresh, got milk, and think outside the bun. So that's it. However, the, the question, I guess, still exists in my mind about um, which is more effective, the CPB that people really like or those they don't like as much but have had billions of dollars spent on them so therefore have a higher recall. I don't know. I guess um, the most effective is the one that sells the most product. Now, this is um, the next item is one that's, I guess you'd put it in a what century are we in category. CNBC's Squawk on the Street co-host, Simon Hobbs. I don't like Squawk on the Street, I must admit. Um, During a discussion with New York Times columnist James Stewart about the lack of high-profile gay executives in major companies. And Hobbs said that Apple CEO Tim Cook was openly gay. Okay, so we've got a major mainstream primetime business show talking about the sexual orientation of CEOs. Now, Cook's never spoken about his sexual orientation. has never come out either way. I don't know. Don't care. But I just fail to see why this is even a business channel topic. Surely it's absolutely nobody's business except Tim Cook. No decent human being should give a fuck either way. I mean, why do we care? What the hell does it matter with these narrow-minded columnists? They say it's news. In my mind, there's nothing news about it. It just seems to me to be homophobic. Isn't it time we grew up? Now... Christ, um, CNBC, get a life. Find something. There's plenty of interesting things to talk about and things that are important than that matter. And new figures show that um, online video advertising is growing many times faster than TV, search, or, in fact, any other digital ad marketing. Online video is, uh, well, grew by... 110% on mobile, online video by 20%, while TV fell by 3%, newspaper fell by 14%, and radio fell by 17%. Search grew by 9%. So video ad revenue is going to increase at three-year three compound annual growth rate of 20% through 2016, reaching $5 billion in 2016. And last year, it was only $2.8 billion. That's an increase of 80%. While TV ad revenue during the same period will fall by 
10%. Now, video ad views topped over 35 billion just last December. 35 billion video ad views in one month. Woo! And on the negative side, online video ads are they're significantly more expensive than other formats, actually, but prices are coming down pretty quickly and will continue to do so. But on the positive side, they've got an average click-through rate of 1.84%, and that's by far the highest click-through rate of all digital ad formats. Now, TV, well, traditional advertising in general, has not been effective for about 10 years in my mind, um, if it ever was. So no one should really be surprised about that. Over the past few weeks, I've been talking about how fantastic I think Uber is, although I really have been trying very hard to get someone from Uber for an interview, but I haven't had any luck to date, but I'll keep trying. Um, but how's this for a great promotion in San Francisco in honour of Pride Week? Now, couples can request an Uber wedding or could have requested an Uber wedding by following these steps. You just open the app, select Uber wedding, drop the pin where you'd like the ceremony, bring your vows, and Uber will provide it all for you. All you have to do is make sure you have the documents ready for a, a, um, a marriage license and from arrival to I do and being hitched, takes around about 45 minutes. How cool is that? Couples will work with a notary provided by Uber at the start of the ceremony, and after the licence is made official, the ceremony starts with the violinists. It has all the bells and whistles, floral arrangements, candles, dessert, champagne, and an Uber gift bag. It's all included. And couples are encouraged to tell their friends and families to come and the wedding ceremony and honeymoon are completely free as well. How's that for a bloody brilliant promotion? Now, when was the last time that a cabbie was even civil to you? These guys are great. How brilliant is um, the World Cup? Well, it was until about an hour and a half ago when the US lost 2-1. I was so disappointed. I, I, <laughs> I watched it riveted. How good was Howard, the, the goalie for the US? He was since 17 saves. Bloody fantastic. Um, the World Cup, most people don't realise, is four times bigger than the Olympic Games in terms of television audience, sponsorship and gross revenue generated. ESPN had 1.7 million people concurrently using the live streaming service, watch ESPN, during the US-Germany face-off. And the, the number of people logging on was so great that ESPN.com kept going down. The site was down for several minutes. And uh, watch ESPN makes it easy for people to watch the games from work. be interesting to see what the productivity figures were like over the last couple of weeks. Jeez. But... America's really taken to soccer, and it, it, the quality of soccer in America now is, is really up there, world-class. It's fantastic. Of course, the other thing that happened last night is an Aussie beat um, Nadal 
to get through to the quarters, which is fantastic. Loved it. So um, that was good. The great thing about soccer this year is that there's been about 50-something games and only eight have ended in a draw. Pretty exciting stuff. Uh, I want to finish on this, finish this segment by saying the Supreme Court ruling on area is out. And, of course, as we know, the courts ruled against the upstart company in favour of TV broadcasters. Um, the big losers are consumers. So they provided the only real streaming option for major broadcast networks that didn't involve paying for cable. So you pay 12 bucks for Aereo and um, 8 bucks about for Netflix. So for 20 bucks, you got access to everything. That's much less than the $64 plus that um, we pay for cable. So what a bummer. And we're paying about three times more for cable now than we were three, uh, five, uh, 10 years ago. So it's time for a major disruption to the way we receive our content. Aereo failed. I'm very disappointed about that. So let's hope the next one succeeds. You're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, brought to you by the American Institute of Sales, Marketing and Management. We're here to assist entrepreneurs to become more successful. So if you've got a question about any aspect of business, please don't hesitate to email me at bob at bobpritchard.com and we'll answer it on air or we'll email you directly. After the break, I'm going to be talking with my guest today, Yoav Schwartz, good guy, um, who's the founder and CEO at Uberflip. What is Uberflip, I hear you ask? Well, their website says it's content with a pulse, the tools and insights you need to create a killer content hub that converts visitors into leads and leads into customers. Well, that's what we all need, and we'll find out more about it after this break. So you're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business, brought to you by the American Institute of Sales, Marketing, and Management, and I will be back with Yoav in just a moment. Do you want the world to know you're a force to be reckoned with? If so, you must join the American Institute of Sales, Marketing, and Management, America's foremost accreditation institute. You'll be amazed at how AISMM can open doors that you can't. Increase your prestige and influence. Add the letters AISMM after your name. Apply now. Go to AISMM.org. Again, that's AISMM.org. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com.
You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. We're brought to you by the American Institute of Sales, Marketing and Management. Now, this is a segment of the show where we interview successful entrepreneurs, people who are interesting and have something to share with other entrepreneurs that can help us all become more successful. In this segment, we also bring you new products and services that can help assist you to be more effective and efficient. My guest today is Joav Schwartz, who's the founder and CEO at Uberflip and is responsible for driving the mission, vision and goals of that company. Okay, I can hear you all saying, okay, I know what Uber is. It's that really cool car company that's disrupted the taxi and delivery industry. But what the hell is Uberflip? Well, the website says it's a content with a pulse. The tools and insights that you need to create a killer content hub that converts visitors into leads and leads into customers. Now, I'm sure we all agree that this can be elusive, but it's what we all need. Without customers, we don't have a business. So we'll talk about how that works in a second. Let me tell you a little bit more about Yoav. He's a huge believer in providing a fantastic customer experience, and this is the major focus of his team. And as I've said on this program a million times, customer service is a solution, is the key to a successful business. If you don't provide great customer service, in fact, outstanding customer service, you won't be successful in the long term. So Yoav has accumulated a wealth of experience working in multiple businesses with focuses on marketing, design and product development. In addition to his daily leadership role at Uberflip, Yoav serves as an advisor to Betteres, which is another technology startup. Hi, Yoav. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Hey, great to be here. Um, I think we should begin by you giving me your elevator pitch on what Uberflip is. Let's assume that it's a fairly tall building, so you don't have to abbreviate it too much. <laughs> but give it a shot. What What are you all about? Sure. Well, what Uberflip does is we help marketers create a robust, beautiful content experience out of all their various forms of content, from their old-school PDFs all the way to their social content, their blogs, their videos, uh, with the full purpose of creating a great user experience for their visitors and help turn those visitors into leads and into customers by integrating other marketing technology, such as marketing automation, whether it's HubSpot, Marketo, Eloqua, and so forth. Okay, so... That's what we do. I think that's half clear to me. Why is this so different than... um, Why is that changing the ballgame? Sure. So, you know, most marketers have have come to terms that content marketing works. Yep. Um, They've recognized that it's an effective way uh, to establish trust with their audience and uh, something that they can invest in that has that has a a long shelf life rather than throwing money at advertising that stops the minute you stop spending money on it. Uh, The problem is. Although marketers have recognized that they need to spend money creating content, 
Um, they haven't quite figured out how to actually leverage that content, how to display it in a way that not only will they be able to convert their visitors, but actually measure that. And right. that t- tends to be the biggest problem. How do you measure the success of your content? So Uberflip focuses on that experience and the metrics and the insights that you need, that you need as a marketer to know what's working and what's not. Okay. Now, you, get, you talk about the deadly sins of marketing automation. Firstly, what do you mean? I guess that's the first question. And secondly, what are these seven deadly sins? How do I know if I'm committing a mortal marketing sin? Sounds terrible. Sure. <laughs> well, you definitely don't want to commit any of these sins. But you waste a hell of a lot of money for a start, don't you? <laughs> Yeah. So what we've noticed is that, you know, marketing automation has become this must-have in every organization. It makes total sense. You need to automate a lot of the complexities around communicating with your audience. Sure. Uh, and really, you know, rather than having an army of people doing mundane tasks, have a machine to do that for you. you know, same thing as the Industrial Revolution. Right. Um, but the, the biggest problem is that people or marketers uh, often invest in these tools without recognizing that it's not taking away work, it is just shifting where you need to spend your energy. Um, so, you know, I'll take you through the seven sins, but okay. the first one is really an obvious one that, you know, really applies to, to anything, even beyond marketing, and that's not having a strategy. Um, you know, without a strategy, you're basically shooting from the hip. Uh, Absolutely. Especially when it comes to, to marketing automation, something you're investing a lot of dollars in, you have to know what this machine is making. Um, you know, if you buy a machine, you need to know what you're manufacturing. When you're buying into marketing automation, you need to know what its what its purpose is. Typically, that how do you send those visitors through a path to becoming a customer? At what point do you communicate with them? Uh, when do you change their path based on uh, either actions that they've taken or you know where they are in the sales funnel? You need to have that all mapped out so that you can actually see if you're doing what you plan to do and continuously editing uh, that flow to, to achieve your success. Right. Second one? The second one is, and we see this a lot, is only using email. Um, although marketing automation is based on the foundation of email, right. Email on its own is not enough uh, of a way to communicate with your audience. Um, they're definitely, you know, they're definitely using email. Uh, marketing automation came about because people stopped picking up the phones. So email is definitely important. But what we're seeing now is that people are stopping to look at their emails, or things are getting filtered into into spam folders or or promo, prom, promotion folders. Uh, you need to use content. Uh, and the reality is, if all you're using is email, then you're spending a lot of unnecessary dollars on marketing automation because they do a lot more than that. Um, you should be using landing pages. You should be using content. You should be converting uh, on pieces of content, communicating with your audience through that content that you produce. So it's very important to look at the full spectrum of marketing beyond just email communication. How much has um, SMSs uh, usurped emails? I'm sorry? How, how much has SMSs usurped emails? I mean, how many people now are using SMS instead of emails? Oh, uh, SMS instead of email. That's a uh, stat I don't have for you. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's many businesses that you will use SMS to communicate um, from a B2B perspective. Um, you know, definitely there's cases, you mentioned Uber. Uber is a great example of a company that will communicate with you through SMS. Hmm. But the traditional marketer should look to leverage content uh, as a way to communicate through, with their audience beyond email. Okay. Well, I was just thinking that, um, I was looking at some figures, I think, yesterday that, I can't remember, but 
15% of people open emails where 90-odd percent of people open SMSs. And I know a few firms that um, um, have switched from um, emails to SMS. Okay, let's go to the third one. Sure. Third deadly uh, sin. The third deadly sin is excluding other teams. So you can't sit in a silo in your marketing department. You, yeah. you have to include other team members, especially your sales team, your support team, your customer success team. They're all going to have insight into how you define that flow that I described early on. Uh, without understanding their insights, you are going to base your lead scoring uh, on you know, only part of the puzzle. Uh, you really need those additional insights to, to really figure out a refined score for your business. Okay. The fourth one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go on. Fourth sin. Sure. The fourth one is selling instead of nurturing. And this is one that is a classic example of what content marketing is all about. Content marketing is not for uh, being a pushy salespeople. Uh, you know, that's what advertising is for. And I, we're, we're seeing how that's, you know, that, that, that's kind of passe at this point. Content marketing is really all about gaining trust, gaining authority with your audience. Uh, if once they establish you as a thought leader in your industry, then they'll just naturally come to you and see what, what service or product you have to offer. That's really what content marketing is all about. It's a, it's a long tail game. You're producing content to help your audience, to help those visitors, to help those leads. And by, by doing so, you ensure that you've created a relationship with them. And again, it's around content. And you're able to then you know, more naturally say, hey, listen, you, you enjoyed this, this content. You, you obviously gain trust in, in what we do. Why don't you check out our product or service? Much more natural lead into to selling to a prospective customer. Is there a resistance from, from companies to, um, um, well, a, maybe not a resistance, but a reluctance because um, it's, a long it's a long term um, process and companies today are worried about meeting this quarter's financial targets? Is that, is, that an, is that an obstacle? Absolutely. I mean, the reality is any content marketing strategy, you got to give it at least six months to see right. if it's working. Uh, it's, not, it's not an overnight thing. You want overnight success, you can throw money at advertising. But like I said, the second you stop spending on it, it stops working. Yeah, it stops. So it's you really need to find a balance. It actually stops working before you start spending on it. <laughs> I think advertising these days is... Um, Traditional advertising is D-E-A-D. -E yeah. Okay. I was more talking about AdWords or... or yeah, all right, okay. Okay, next but, one. Uh, yeah, you, you do need to find a healthy balance. Yep. Uh, the next one is not creating enough content. So content marketing is, or, or marketing automation needs, uh, needs fuel, uh, and that fuel is content. And without right. it, it's really just sitting around and you know, spinning wheels. Um, you have to have enough content flowing, uh, not only for you know the general things like SEO, uh, search engine optimization, so sure. that search engines find relevant content on a daily or weekly basis, but in order to help your different sales, uh, you know, your sales initiatives to help close a lead, your customer success would need content to help nurture an existing customer. All the different departments in your organization are going to require different types of content. And you need to keep producing it and making it available uh, from within your marketing automation tool because you're going to use that to define those paths of how you send those prospective customers down the path to, to success or, or to conversion. Okay. At what point, or is there a point, at which you can have too much content so that it becomes difficult for people to navigate or um, confusing? Sure. 
um, yeah, there's definitely a balance. Now, if you can continuously create amazing content and you know just keep churning it out every day, I, I wouldn't stop doing that. But right. more often than not, what happens is uh, companies give up on quality to produce quantity, and, and that's that's not a recipe for success. I mean, uh, you'll find out pretty soon if you're producing lackluster content that it's not helping your prospective customers and it's not converting. Uh, yeah. It's not converting any of those visitors into leads. So you have to you have to take your existing resources and you know if you're planning on investing more in content marketing, that's great, and actually see how can I produce quality content uh, in a most efficient manner with. You know, typically you want to produce at least one piece a day, especially if it's blog content. But that also depends. If you're producing videos or slide decks or, you know, flip books using Uberflip, uh, you want to give yourself the, the right amount of time, the necessary time to produce great quality content. Um, so it is a balance. Because as your um, quality decreases, so does the trust and interest from the potential customer. Absolutely. So Absolutely. what? what and num- then you'll see that in the lack of conversion. Right. I can't remember what number we're up to, but what's the next one? We're at number five. We're now oh, number are we? Six. Okay. Uh, number six is tracking the wrong metrics. Um, so you've heard me say a lot about uh, tracking actual conversions. Uh, in a B2C world, uh, if you're Coca-Cola, you're probably just looking for eyeballs. Um, yep. you know, you're looking for how many shares your content got. But in the reality of a, of a, of a modern-day marketer, you want to know things like, all right, people viewed this blog post or they watched this video. How many of those people actually became leads? How many of them became customers? Uh, those are the type of questions you want to be asking because that will determine what type of content's working for you, what you should keep, keep investing in, perhaps producing more content around the same topic, and what you should give up on, what's really just not working. Just because you got you know, a million views on a, on a video doesn't mean that it's brought you any sort of business gain. Um, you yes. know, it may have also just been a great, uh, you know, entertaining for a video. couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't really give you anything. Uh, those are all vanity metrics. Seeing how many shares or how many views you got. It's really about your business objectives. How many leads or and or customers did this piece of content bring me? Yep. And yep. the final sin. Yep. The final sin is running on autopilot. And, you know, this can happen at any stage during your investment in marketing automation is thinking that you're done. Um, the reality is this machine keeps needing oil. It keeps need, uh, it needs to, to be maintained. Uh, you need to keep changing gears, the parts. You've got to keep monitoring this thing because it's only going to do what you told it to, and what you told it to is, is probably going to expire in the next few days in terms of effectiveness. So you want to continuously analyze the success of your flow, um, of your strategy and manipulate it uh, almost on a daily basis to really get the most out of this machine that you're investing in. I've never actually seen a hub put together like this. Um, how did you actually come up with this concept? How, how, did you wake up 2 o'clock one morning and thought, aha! Close. It was actually 3 p.m. <laughs> oh, 3 p.m. <laughs> oh, gee, you obviously get better as the day goes on. More coffee, I think better. Okay. Coffee always helps. Um, well, the way, the way we got to, to this experience is really Uberflip um, was always uh, very focused on content, but we started with what we consider to be the most broken of content for the web, and that is the PDF. Right. Um, so, you know, a lot of, a lot of our customers uh, came in when we were really just, uh, you know, what I call a one-trick pony, but we could convert your PDF into a page-flipping experience that was... Uh, you know, rendered really beautifully and really interactive on everywhere from your desktop to your tablets to your phones. 
right. and we would offer a ton of analytics and metrics to see how deep people are getting into your document. Um, so from that, we saw a much bigger opportunity, and honestly, with the help of our existing customers who said, you know what, I got all these amazing flipbooks that you've created for my PDF, uh, but, or for my PDFs, but now where do I put them? Where, where do they live? Where does this content live? Uh, and beyond that, they're like, you know what, we all have other forms of content. We'd love to have Uberflip be able to power uh, the rest of our content and give us the same insights, like how our content is performing, how many conversions have we had on, on each piece. And right. then we recognize, you know what, every marketer or every organization has multiple forms of content, and all of those different pieces of content have a different purpose. So by creating a hub, uh, we've essentially created a home for all of your content with the sole purpose of delivering an engaging experience to your to your audience and allowing you to measure the success of each piece individually and collectively. So that's really how the, the concept of hubs came about uh, and you know really has defined what Uberflip is. And each different segment of your market gets something different out of it. And um, it's, it's good. So you are the only, are you the only, is Uberflip the only company doing this? There are there are a few companies focusing on content experience because it's been sure. recognized as a as you know a missing ingredient in the marketing mix. But often, or the reality is, all of them except for Uberflip are focused more on those vanity metrics, like how many shares uh, my content got, how many views it got. Um, you know, currently, and I don't think it's going to last very long. But currently, we are the only ones laser focused on uh, a true marketer's need, which is understanding what content is converting. Right. Selling people stuff, that's all there is. I often say on this program that without a sale, you don't have a business. Um, That's right. So what are the major benefits that a hub can provide for, I guess, web developers and small business owners? Well, the number one um, benefit is that anybody, any marketer can create a really compelling user experience that's mobile-optimized, tablet, desktop-optimized from all their content without needing to involve all those other people without needing to get their IT department involved, without needing to loop in their designers, uh, just really getting something off the ground that once it's off the ground, having the flexibility and the autonomy to modify this experience, uh, A-B test various uh, content, calls to actions, all by themselves, not needing to involve IT. That's really the biggest bottleneck in organizations is getting off a great uh, experience and being able to manipulate it in a timely fashion. So that's the number one uh, advantage of Uberflow. Second, we allow you to actually segment your content based on your personas that you're, that you're selling to. So rather than sending everyone to this giant experience that might house a thousand pieces of content that your organization has, you're actually able to easily handpick the top 10, 20, 30 pieces of content that would resonate with a specific persona with the sole purpose of driving up the conversion rates of that content. Because if it's siloed into an experience that speaks to an individual, your chances of converting them into a lead or into a customer goes up right through the roof. Dramatically, yeah. So how long does it take to... If, if we sat down today and uh, I produced to you all the materials that I have, um, how long does it take to, um, to put the hub together? And, and what's the cost of creating a hub and, and, I guess, more importantly, maintaining it? Sure. So not BSing you, if you, if you went to uberflip.com right now, you could sign up and create a full content experience in under five minutes. And it will be completely oh. <clears throat> free for 14 days. Okay. After four, so. after what happens after fourteen days? 
Well, after 14 days, the price goes up. No, uh, it's a 14-day well, free trial. Well, from zero, it doesn't have to go up much, does it? <laughs> uh, it is a free trial. That, that you, okay, so free you trial. Can, yeah. you know, no credit card required. You can just go sign up. Uh, you know, no, no friction whatsoever to get going. Connect all of your various forms of content. Uh, create the experience. Uh, modify the experience. And then after 14 days, it starts as low as $50 a month. Wow. Um, and at fifty dollars a month, you really do have a car with four wheels, as we put it. Um, you know, beyond that, it starts to scale based on your needs, based on the type of marketing software you want to connect it with. Um, and but you know, we we really have one goal, and that's to get Uberflip into every organization, big or small. That's a fantastic offer. So fourteen days, I I come to you with everything I've got, and five minutes later, I won't hold you to the five minutes, but very quickly, you get together the hub you can hold me to five minutes <laughs> <laughs> and then for for 14 days i get to try it out and then after right. that it can be as low as 50 dollars a month that's that's, that's pre- right that's pretty fantastic how do you make a how do you make a profit uh we've built a very very scalable and efficient machine here so right. it's uh business-wise it makes a lot of sense but again it's about proving our value and we're confident that you know uh, people who spend fifty dollars a month with us will see a value in what we do and will uh, spend more with us over time uh, to gain even more value. Well, I guess realistically, you do need to spend a lot more than fifty bucks, don't you, to get um, to get all the analytics and everything else that you need to be able to make a, a not only a, a um, decision on whether it's working or not, but to be able to continually improve the results that you're getting. Uh, yeah, like I said, you know, at $50 a month, you really do get um, a, a content machine. Yeah. Um, but as you want to get more sophisticated and get, you know, start to start to you know, manipulate that experience based on your several personas and start to get more uh, more technical about your marketing strategy, uh, you would have to spend a bit more, but you really can get off the ground and have an effective content marketing strategy with Uberflip for as little as $50 a month. That's fantastic. So my next my next question was going to be, you know, what's the hardest part about making the switch to a hub? And is there anything that can go wrong? Um, but I guess if you can do it in, just send you all the materials and five minutes later have a um, have a hub that's effective, I guess there's probably not really a hard part to it, is there? Uh, no, the only the only thing that, that our customers typically have to get over is the fact that their blog, uh, their existing blog, is really not, uh, you know, it's important to their content strategy, but it's not all of their content. Uh, and right. Uberflip allows you to bring not just your blog in, and, you know, we power a lot of our customers' blogs now. They've migrated away from WordPress or other CMSs. Uh, yep. But it's about creating a rich experience out of all of your content and giving it an equal footing. Uh, once you recognize that as, you know, it's a no-brainer uh, to give it a try. So how do I um, add more content? What do I have to do to add more content? Do I do that automatically, or does it, do I need to go through you, or how does that work? It's totally self-serve. You sign up at Uberflip and you manage your own account. Uh, really easy to use. Everything we do at Uberflip is designed for marketers, so it's designed to be extremely uh, low technical, um, 
clicks. <laughs> it's, it's all about empowering marketers for us. So you know, it's, it's about empowering them to to do all this stuff without without all the uh, you know without all the code and and the uh, and the pixels. Uh, so uh, you really can get this off the ground simply by connecting your various forms of content. You, you supply us with a website where your existing blog lives, and we'll pull it all in. You tell us what your Twitter account is, and we'll pull in all your tweets. Uh, you connect your YouTube account and tell us what playlists you want to import. We'll import all your playlists. Um, and we'll do so, and we'll keep it updated. Once you, once you turn it on, it will, the hub itself will just keep going. Sounds fantastic. You've, you've got me convinced because so I've got to get a plane in now, but when I, when I get back, I'm definitely going to give a shot at this i think it's, it sounds fantastic um thank you so hubs are an evolution but just as we know in today's environment the next best mouse trap is probably being invented by the guy next door so where do you go from here what's the next step in um, uber flips development well, we're extremely focused on proving our value. Um, it's, it's, there's two main things that need to happen in order for us to, to prove our value. Number one, we need to keep delighting your audience uh, by creating an amazing user experience out of all of your content. And right. second, we need to keep giving you information on how your content's working so that you know exactly which pieces of content are killing it for you and which pieces of content are just killing you. Uh, and, then be, <laughs> and then allowing you to make decisions, uh, sound business decisions on where to invest your dollars. Like, should, if your audience is not interested in videos or the topic of your videos just aren't interesting and are not converting, you should stop doing that. And if there's yep. a specific topic that is, you know, uh, continuously month over month producing you the most leads, you want to continue investing in that topic and perhaps we'll show you that, you know, videos are outperforming white papers or or blog articles are resonating higher than any of your social content. Whatever it might be, we want to be that solution that's going to give you that insight so that you spend your content marketing dollars more effectively. Okay. This is a question that we had a bit of a debate last night on this, and, and this is um, not in, inside your territory, but how much time should a marketer spend um, with social media and a day? Do you think? I mean, is it something you should spend 20 minutes or something you should spend two hours? Um, the reality is that social media's most effective uh, purpose is communicating with your audience. So much like content is designed to communicate, uh, social media is more of direct communication. So it's all about creating um, you know, a conversation with your audience, and that depends on where they are or, where you, or which audience you want to target. Uh, it really depends on your business, but you want to spend enough time so that you're able to effectively answer any questions that present themselves on social media, so you're able to create conversations and, and get, you know, basically create some awareness around your brand on social media with the final purpose of driving them back to your site or to your content hub for the purpose of nurturing them and converting them from that visitor into a lead. Right. Uberflip, I've got to say, I hadn't heard of it before um, we were introduced, and uh, but I love it. And when I get back, I'm going to, um, I'm definitely going to contact you and, and get involved. I think it's fantastic. Yo, Schwartz, Thank you, Schwartz. Thanks very much for being on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business. Now, if you'd like to know more about Yoav and Uberflip, go to uberflip.com. That's U-B-E-R. F-L-I-P dot com and you can follow Yoav on Twitter at Yostar Y-O-Star
That's pretty modest. You're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on the Voice America Business Network. We're brought to you by the American Institute for Sales, Marketing and Management, and I'll be back with you after this short break. The American Institute of Sales, Marketing, and Management is one of the leading accreditation institutes in the world. Do you have the letters AISMM after your name? Do you have the AISMM accreditation certificate on your wall for your clients and colleagues to envy? Do you have the AISMM membership pin on your lapel? AISMM helps you do business. Join the American Institute of Sales, Marketing, and Management now. Go to AISMM.org. That's AISMM.org. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The Bob Pritchard, straight talking, absolutely no bullshit business show. And we're brought to you by the American Institute for Sales, Marketing and Management. And we're on the Voice America Business Network. Now, if, if you, this is your first time on to Voice America, there are a number of channels, some great channels, a lot of fantastic programming. So you should check us out. Go to voiceamerica.com um, and have a good look. There is a heap of um, great programming. Now, the reason this email segment's popular is, um, as I say each week, doesn't matter where you go in the world, doesn't matter what the size of your business is, doesn't matter what your business is. You could be a gardener or you could be a, an IT guy. The problems that you're going to face running a business are the same. And uh, so irrespective of who I'm talking to and what business I'm talking about, um, the information could be of benefit to you. First email this week comes from Alexander Murray, who comes from Montreal in Canada. I love Montreal. Great city. Alexander says, Dear Bob, thank you for your program. It's very informative. Can you give me some tips on how I can increase sales in my retail shop? Now, this does vary around the world, I've got to say. Um, I did a um, a session for Microsoft um, a few years ago at the, at the Global Conference talking about retail in the third world. And we were talking mainly about countries like Brazil back then, four or five years ago, uh, and some African countries. And it really is quite different. But for most first world countries, this applies. Um, you know, it, retail is highly competitive. It's oversaturated. I actually read a some figures that said that if 60% of all the retail stores in America closed down, there would still not be an undersupply of anything. And so every one of your competitors is out there trying to get your customers. <laughs> so you not only need to attract new customers, you need to retrain, you need to retain the customers you've got and you've got to poach theirs. So it's um, a three-pronged attack. Once you get new customers, you need to keep competitors at bay. You need to thrill those customers with easy-to-implement 
customer pleasing, traffic building, sales increasing ideas. So let me just throw a couple at you. Tip one, the customer's first 10 seconds inside your store, it sort of sets the tone and determines not only how much money they're going to spend in your store, but how long they're going to spend in your store. And of course, the longer they spend, the more money they are likely to spend. So what kind of first impression does your store give when somebody walks in? How good's your merchandising? Does it look appealing or does it look like somebody's thrown it in from the street? Do you have music playing? that represents what you're selling. I mean, it's been proven that if you're playing songs from, if you've got a toy store or you're selling children's clothes or whatever, and you sell and you play songs from Disney movies or kids' songs, sales increase. If you've got a, uh, a bottle shop and you sell German wine and you play German music, sales of German wine will increase and so on, depending on what sort of business you have. So what's the ambience like in your store? Just walk in or get a couple of friends to walk in and give you their honest impression of what it feels like and looks like in your store. Tip two, put a bulletin board of some sort in the first two or three yards inside your store or two or three metres inside your store if you're in that part of the world. Put in a store map clearly denoting where various product types can be found. You know, include a list of this week's sales items, um, special events you might be having, tutorials you might be running. Um, In no time at all, you'll find the customers will come in and have a look at your notice board just to see what's going on in the store. Tip three, have a specials table, but place it way back in the store. You know, put it 15 feet. Five, five metres inside the store and make sure the displays are irresistible. Just, don't just chuck a bunch of stuff onto the table and ensure the displays are appealing. Customers are much likely to buy if they think they're getting a really good deal and they can pick it up and play with it. Then um, they'll buy stuff from the specials table and once they buy stuff from the specials table, they will buy stuff elsewhere in the store. Now, set your end of aisle with features that are going to sell. Now, these are things that um, are promotional items. They're not just your everyday, you know, you don't stick toilet paper there. Um, so don't sell your everyday basic merchandise there. And p- p- perhaps every month you, pre- you have a theme, like January you might have a New Year theme, all sorts of things that um, will um, help you celebrate the New Year. February could be Valentine's Day. So all the stuff at end of aisle could be special promotional items for Valentine's Day. Um, And take this calendar with you when you go to trade shows. You're going to go out and buy and um, look specifically for things that are going to fit in to these end of aisles. Um, Fifth tip, research shows customers will spend 25% more or more and spend up to 15 minutes longer in your store when they shop with a basket or a cart. Now, I have people say to me, yeah, but I only got a tiny little store. Well, you can buy tiny little baskets. I mean, some of the baskets are as little as, you know, 10 inches by 8 inches, which is about 20 by 12 centimetres, and 6 inches or 15 centimetres tall. I don't have to be big baskets, but it makes it easier to 
plonk stuff in. And because um, when people don't have baskets, they fill their hands and then they will leave the shop. Also, don't put the um, baskets and shopping carts right inside the door because customers will walk right past them. Instead, place them, you know, three metres in, three yards in, and uh, let them um, mosey in. Then they'll pick one up as they go past. And instruct your staff when somebody's carrying two or three things in their hand to take them over a basket. As soon as they get a basket, they plonk things in the basket. Now they've got a hand free, they'll go and do some more shopping. Tip number seven, implement a sign program. You know, have a good sign. Signs serve a purpose. They, they're silent salespeople. I mean, they're fantastic. They attract customers. They alert them to specials. They help customers until a real person's available to help them. And unless you're an artsy kind of a store and handwritten signs are part of your decor, don't do it. Tacky signs look tacky. Don't sell anything. Um, if you can use art students, you know, a lot of people say, well, I can't afford to have um, my signs professionally done. Well, there's plenty of art students probably at the local college who um, – would like to earn some extra money, would love to work so you can use students. There's great professional um, sign-making software and there's probably plenty of local sign writers who'd be grateful for continuous work. You'll be amazed at the difference that it makes. Tip number eight, the wall directly behind your counter is a major selling space. People stand there and look at things. Use it to display new items, hot deals, impulse products and advertise upcoming events you've got on. Make sure you change the items on the wall regularly and make sure that it looks really professional. Tip number nine, policy, you know, policy signs have got to be made professional and, and done positively. Don't put no. I hate it when you walk into a store and it says, no, no um, drinking or eating, you will be shot on site. I mean, that's bloody inviting. You know, you know, we gladly accept returns and exchanges within seven days. Your receipt guarantees it all. We love pets, not just in the store, so not just in our store. So we have a water bowl outside the front door. We've got treats available also from the counter. Go and, um, and feed your pet and give them some water while you shop around. Make it friendly, warm. Increase sales at the checkout with impulse, impulse items. People always buy stuff at the door. And uh, instruct your sales associates not to hang out behind the checkout counter unless they're helping a customer. They should be active in the store, leave their attitudes at home. They've got to be cheerful, attentive, and helpful. That's all I've got for, time for, Alexander, but I hope that is a help to you and all retailing owners everywhere who in, in order to impress your customers and maximise your profitability. We're going to send you out a copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition, which is my latest bestseller, and I hope that you enjoy it. Thanks for listening to the Bob Pritchard No Bullshit Business Radio Show for Entrepreneurs. We're brought to you by the American Institute for Sales, Marketing and Management. And remember, if you're serious about being successful, this is the place to come every week at the same time. This is Bob Pritchard. I'm on the Voice America Business Network and I hope you have a fabulous week. 
You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.